While the offering baskets are going around, uh, two important things I want to make sure uh, to tell you about. The first one is this. If you are a public school teacher and you're here today, we would love to meet with you right after service. We're going to meet right in that classroom, right off to the back of the auditorium this morning. We're going to meet for maybe five minutes. But if you're a public school teacher, we would love to meet with you, tell you about a really neat opportunity that's coming up that we'd like to have you involved with. The second important announcement is for all my Vikings fans. All my Packers fans, it's okay. I just want you all to know us Cardinal fans welcome you to the family. We welcome you. So today at 545, if you could all join, oh, and Seahawks fans, I forgot to include you, you wonderful people, you loving people. I know you're all loving and want to just come and cheer for the Cardinals this afternoon because we all know that today really is the Super Bowl. Next week doesn't matter who plays um, because today's really the, the fun one. Today is really going to be awesome for football. I just look forward to watching it on DVR after tonight's rally because we're all going to go to that and pay attention to that. I'm not going to look at my phone the whole night tonight. Anyhow, uh, today I want to talk to you guys about uh, uh, something interesting. How many of you are planners? Like you like to plan out everything? Okay. Okay. How many of you are go with the flow type people? My peeps. I love you all. Uh, they, it's interesting because, you, you know, there, there are some of us in the room that are just, we're like, you have your day planner, you have your, you know, your schedule, you have your things on your phone, you have everything set out and you have everything exactly, you know, I need to do this and this and this and this and this, and it, this is how it is and, and nothing can, you know, this is how it's got to be. And then there's people like, you know, those of you that are blessed like me who are just kind of like, yeah, if I get it done today, that's awesome. Or I could do something else, you know. I got to, you know, there's other things that could get done that I don't have on my list to do. But um, it's, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm one of those weird hybrid types in that I'm very much go with the flow. But when there's a task to do, all of a sudden I'm like, you know, zeroed in on what I have to do. And that's bad as a pastor. Because some of you have probably seen me on Sunday mornings when I get sucked into that mode, that mindset, and I'm just like, and I'm off trying to get something done. And you're like, hey, Pat, oh, maybe I can talk to him next Sunday. And so I just want to stop and apologize to anyone that I've like, you know, run over on my morning. Um, I apologize for that. But uh, every one of us handles to-do lists and, and our days and our plans differently. Some of us are very much, you know, whatever happens, happens. And some of us are very much, you know what, I don't have time for anything else except for this today. And God has uh, blessed us all with different personalities and types and gifts and abilities and all those things. But when we look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when we look through the four Gospels, we see how Jesus ministered in very different ways. And as you read through these four Gospels, it's, it's like four different perspectives on the life of Jesus. 
And each one is written with a different style and a different audience, uh, a different group of people that it was intended for, but it's all focused on who Jesus was and what he did. And when we read all four of those and start looking at the accounts that Jesus did, we start seeing a pattern of appointments and interruptions. There were divine appointments and divine interruptions throughout Jesus' ministry. And in our lives, there are many divine appointments and divine interruptions. Tonight, what I'd like, tonight, today, what I'd like to talk to you guys about, the, the main idea that I'd like for us to focus on is this. If we are available for appointments and interruptions, lives, even destinies, will be changed. Let me say that again. If we are available for appointments and interruptions, lives, even destinies, will be changed. It's not only lives of people that we come in contact, but it's also our own. Because so many times we, we have a plan of how things are going to go and how things are going to be done. And sometimes God's appointments and interruptions are with us, just as much as it is with somebody else. I love that this morning, you know what, um, not everyone knows, but we plan out our morning service. We try and incorporate different aspects to our morning service. And what we experienced this morning was not in the plan. (laughs) And you know what, that's okay because we are available for what God wants to do, right? We need to be available to what the Holy Spirit is trying to speak into us and speak through us into other people's lives. As Christians, as Christ followers, our biggest, our number, uh, the, the greatest thing that we can do is to love God and to love others. And the way that we do that is we be obedient. We be obedient. Today I want to look at, at some of these appointments and, and interruptions that Jesus had and I'm going to look at four stories, and I'm going, to just, I'm just going to hit the introductions, really, of these stories. If you want to write down the, the scripture reference, and over the course of this week, look at each story individually. It'll make great devotions this week. Kind of look at the personality, the people, the characters that are involved in each of these narratives. And, 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 and so you can do that this week. So just... Just so that you're not like, well, where's he going with this? I'm just focusing on some introduction, and then I'm going to give some main ideas. Um, so talking about appointments. God had, Jesus had some appointments that are, are visible in, in the Gospels. And the very first one I want to take a look at is in Luke chapter 19. And I cheated this morning. I put in cheat sheets on mine. So I got there way faster than you. So Luke chapter 19. Here's the setup. Jesus is going into Jericho, starting at verse 1 in 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, all of you who have grown up in church, immediately you clicked into the song. 
Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Now, can you imagine? Let's just pause here for a moment, because this is going to apply to all four stories. Can you imagine for the rest of life, and for 2,000 years later, you're referred to as the short little wee man? (laughs) Moving on. That's a side note. That has nothing to do with... So here's the deal. Zach, (laughs) Zacchaeus wasn't a big guy. He was, he was very short. He was, he was a tax collector. He was uh, commonly uh, thought of, uh, the, there was a standard reputation with tax collectors that they were thieves because they were Jewish, but they were employed by the Roman Empire to take the money away from the Jews. And so he was disliked. He was not, he was not someone that, that people liked to hang out with other than other tax collectors so they could brag about how much money they had stolen off people. He was disliked. He was dishonest. He was shrewd. But did you notice in that verse there, he, he wanted to see this Jesus. Now, that's, this is cool because if you go on to the next verse Verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called to him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. You see, Jesus had an appointment that day. He walked into Jericho. Can you imagine this? Jesus being God and being man. Jesus is walking along. He's like, not that tree. No, not that. There he is. I've been looking for this guy. And Jesus, can you imagine Zacchaeus, who, does, who, who people are not moving. He's like, excuse me, excuse me. And people aren't moving for him. And finally he climbs up in a tree. And he's peeking through the branches and he's trying to get, and, 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 and all of a sudden Jesus stops and goes, Zacchaeus, me? You see, Jesus had an appointment with Zacchaeus that day. And this week in your devotions, you can find out the rest of the story. Don't read ahead while I'm talking, by the way. (laughs) Jesus had an appointment with Zacchaeus. And I'll jump to the end. His life has changed. Now imagine, just imagine for just a moment, that moment of realization that Zacchaeus had. Jesus is talking to me. There's this huge crowd and he is singled out. Imagine that, that, that excitement. Imagine that moment. Maybe some of you had that moment where all of a sudden you felt God call to you by name. And you can relate to Zacchaeus. Maybe, maybe you, 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 uh, <laughs> you've been trying to fulfill a lot of things in life with accomplishments, with acquisitions, And it hasn't been as fulfilling as you've realized. And maybe today Jesus is calling out your name. Maybe you have an appointment and it's today. Another appointment that Jesus had is in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is interesting. Starting at verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself did not baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. 
He eventually came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tried, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me something to drink. Now, if you've been going to church, you also have heard this story. But I love how that, that, that statement is made, that, that phrase is made, he had to go through Samaria. If you, if, if you are not familiar with this, let me give you just a real quick history of this moment. Samaria was, was kind of like I want to say this in a nice way. Samaria was kind of like South Dakota. (laughs) Nobody really liked to go there. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. North Dakota, we, we just pick on South Dakota. Anyhow, moving on. So Samaria was this area, it was this section surrounded by the nation of Israel that was, it was secluded, it was uh, segregated, it was purposefully uh, there because it was, the Samaritans were mixed Jews. The rest of Israel were pure Hebrew blood. And the, 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 the reason that they are mixed is because years before when the nation of Israel was defeated by Babylon, the, the men were taken away, the women were left, uh, other countries were, uh, other defeated countries were moved in and they married the women and they had children. That's the Samaritans. So by the time Jesus arrives, Samaria is the place that you don't want to go to. You don't go through there because they're not pure. They're not right. They're not the kind of people that you hang out with. Your parents don't let you go over to your fr- their houses you know, to hang out or, or watch movies. That doesn't happen. You go around Samaria. But Jesus, it's stated here, Jesus had to go through Jesus had an appointment that day, and as you could, don't read it right now, but as you read it later this week, he had this appointment with this woman. And, 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 and as he sat there at a well in the middle of the day when no one else is supposed to be there, a woman comes out and he says, I'm thirsty, would you give me a drink? Jumping to the end of the story, her life has changed. Not only her life, but all the people around her. In fact, the city is changed because of an appointment that Jesus had that day. Where he spoke into a woman's life. I don't know what your history is. I don't know what your past is like. I know what mine is. I know how I have failed God. I know how I have, I have hurt God. Because of my choices in my past. But this story tells me that God is more concerned about my future than my past. And maybe you are here today. And you have carried the weight of past choices and past regrets. And I want you to know, I want you to understand, God loves you more than your past. He loves you more than your past regrets and mistakes. He loves the, you and the future that he has for you, the purpose that he has for your life. And maybe your appointment is today to let go of that past. Let go of those things that, have, that you've held on to 
because that seems to be your identity. And Jesus says it's not. So we have appointments. We also have interruptions. In Luke chapter 5, this is one of my favorite stories. Just, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those imaginative readers where when I read something, it becomes like a movie in my head. And I'd like J.J. Abrams to like produce the movies that are in my head sometimes. Um, but this is one of those stories, uh, uh, one of the narratives of Jesus' ministry that I absolutely, I wish, I can't wait to get to heaven and pull this, this one up on the big screen. I want to see what happened. But this is how it says. This is what says it, it has happened. In chapter 5, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 17, one day while Jesus was teaching some, uh, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby it, Uh, It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now let's just pause there for a moment. Can you imagine if you were Jesus? And you're, you're talking to a house full. The house is literally packed where no one else can get in. It's standing. It's not like, you know, four people on the sofa kind of thing. This is like every space. People are sitting on your coffee table. They're sitting on the end table. They're sitting around the kitchen table. They're standing on the kitchen table. It is packed. And Jesus is teaching, and, and maybe he was teaching about the mustard. You know, if you have faith, like the mustard seed. The mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds, and yet when it is planted, it grows. And then right when he gets to the part where he's really going to bring it home, the roof crashes open. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I would have been a little bit frustrated right at that moment. Come on, can't you just wait a minute? Getting to the point. And Jesus is standing there. These, these guys peel apart the roof and lower a guy on a mat, on a stretcher, down directly in front of Jesus. Keep going for just a moment. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. That's pretty cool. But the crowd, the, the religious leaders in the crowd, they're, they're going, what in the world? How, how can Jesus have the authority to, to heal sins? Who is this guy? So jump down to verse 24. I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Right in the middle of what Jesus was doing, right in the middle of Jesus explaining the kingdom of God is at hand, right in the middle of Jesus talking about how it's about loving God, it's not about rules and regulations and checking off all the things that you have to do as a religious person, Jesus is talking to them, trying to teach them, trying to explain to them, right in the middle of it all. All of a sudden there's this interruption. 
And this man who has been paralyzed, who has been sick, we don't know how long, we don't know what the, 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 the deal is, we don't know many details, we just know this. He's sick, he arrives in front of Jesus because of his friends, and Jesus says, not only are your sins forgiven, but get up and walk on out. Jesus allowed interruptions to speak into one person's life. Maybe today you're dealing with something. You're, you're, you're having to face a difficulty. His friends were willing to do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. Jesus didn't say, wait, 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 guys. Just, you know, if you could give me five more minutes, let me wrap up. I'll, I'll get right back to you. Just give me a minute. This man and his friends wanted to find out more about this Jesus guy. Jesus didn't get, him, get mad. He was available. And Jesus changed this man's life. Because not only did he get up and walk away, but he is also forgiven of his sins. And his life was radically changed inside and out because Jesus allowed interruptions. One more interruption, John chapter 5, verse 1. Another interesting narrative. John chapter 5, verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one more of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. With five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? I, I love this story. And, and for those of you that were in the um, uh, video curriculum, in, in the video adult Bible study class, we're, we're doing Grave Robber, right? And that, it's, it's so cool. They just covered this one, was it just this week even? It was so cool because here's, here's the setup to this story, to this narrative. This wasn't one of those places where it was off to the side where nobody really sees it. This was a major traffic spot in the city of Jerusalem. Not only was it a major traffic spot, but it was also a holiday and one of those holidays where people come to Jerusalem. So it was crowded. There was tons of people. There were lots of people. And there was this pool. And the, the superstition of the time was, was that this pool in particular had healing properties in it. And the, it is believed, it was believed at that time that when the water would, would get stirred up, they, they believed that there was an underwater spring and every once in a while it would feed the pools. And so the water would move. The superstition was the first person to get into the water, once the water started moving, they would be healed. But this man had been paralyzed, had been lame. He could not move without help. And Jesus looks at this man, 38 years old, surrounded by, by many others. It says there was lame, there were sick, there were paralyzed. There were many others there. But Jesus looks at this one man and he says, do you want to be healed? 
Jesus was on his way somewhere. He was on his way to, to accomplish something, to do something, and yet he saw this one. This one man who, who out of the many, he was desperate. He had tried everything. Let's just assume that he had gone to every doctor. He had tried every pill. He had put oil on every, you know, every kind of oil there was. He had taken every sort of Advil there was, but he wasn't getting better. He was desperate. He was so desperate that he was willing to be beside a pool and hope that maybe he could fall into the water at just the right time. And Jesus looks at him, 38 years old, and he says, do you want to get well? When you read the story this week, you see that his life has changed. Jesus is on his way. He's, he's going some, he's doing something, and he looks and he sees the one, and he stops. And he interrupts his schedule. Maybe today you're desperate for things to change. You've tried reading the books, you've tried attending the seminars, you've tried, you've tried everything that you can. You're desperate to see your marriage change, you're desperate to see habits broken, you're desperate to be well again. You're desperate. And you've tried it all. And maybe today, Jesus wants to interrupt your desperation and bring hope and and mercy. You see, each of these stories are, are interesting. I, I chose these four. There are, there are many other narratives of what Jesus did, but I chose four of them for a reason. Because two of them are God-initiated, and two of them are man-initiated. You see, when God, when Jesus himself looked at Zacchaeus, and then looked at the man next to the well. He came to them. In the other story, the Samaritan woman comes out to the well. Pardon me, let me, I, I got my points mixed up. God initiated the Samaritan woman. Jesus comes to, he has to go through Samaria. He stops at the well, meets the Samaritan woman. The lame man at the well. Jesus initiated those. He made it a point to make it happen. But we also have man-initiated encounters where Zacchaeus climbs a tree because he has to see Jesus. Where the paralyzed man and his friends lower the man down in front of Jesus. They're man-initiated. You see, in both of these, in all of these situations, God has appointments and interruptions. When the man, with the men initiated encounters with Christ, both of these situations are people longing, searching, doing whatever it took to find out what God had for them. In the God-initiated encounters, Jesus is pursuing the person. And he is wanting to show his love for them. It blows my mind that Christ would pursue me. It, it, 
It does not make sense to this human mind of mine. But because of his love and passion for you and me, he pursues after us. Something that we have to understand today is that God is going to lead people, lead us to people, and people to us. You see, we're going to have appointments, divine appointments with people. We're just like Jesus. We have to talk with this person. We have to meet with them. We feel drawn by God. I need to spend time with this person because I need to let them know what God has for them. But there is also going to be times where God draws people to us. And it's almost going to, it's going to feel for many of us, on, on our personalities, we're going to be like, seriously, God, right now? But if we are available to those divine interruptions, we have the opportunity to be a part of destinies being changed. Not because of us, but because of what Christ is wanting to do in that person's life. You see, every single one of us have had divine appointments and divine interruptions. And every single one of us, once we have turned our life over to Christ and have, and have dedicated, committed ourselves to be followers of Christ, we now allow ourselves, we should allow ourselves, the divine appointments and the divine interruptions. God is going to lead you to people and people to you. And all are needing to understand and realize God's love and purpose for their lives. I need to understand and realize God's purpose for my life. I need those times where I say, God, I'm meeting with you today. I have an appointment with the Son of God. And there's going to be other times where I, I get so distracted and so focused on what I'm trying to accomplish that God says, uh, uh, excuse me, part, uh, you know, you're not going to do that anymore. We need to talk. And I need to allow myself. I need to be available to what God has. In looking at these four stories, maybe today you're relating with one of them. But in looking at these four stories, I'd like to, to make some statements about purpose. The first one is this, where you work does not define your purpose. Number two, what you have done in your past does not define your purpose. Where you are from does not define your purpose. Your abilities or lack of abilities does not define your purpose. Every single one of these situations, Jesus stepped in and redefined what purpose was. He shed a light on that purpose in that person's life. And he revealed for them something incredible. Your job does not say who you are. You're not Zacchaeus, the wee little man. You are a child of God. You have been ordained. You are a part of the royal priesthood. You are a victor. 
You have a purpose that has been defined by God himself. See, Jesus boiled it down to simply this, love God and love people. Love God so much that your, your decisions reflect that relationship. Love people so much that you're willing to have appointments and interruptions where God uses you to help change a destiny. You see, if we all love God and we love people, then we must be available for divine appointments and divine interruptions. Today, I need to pause and stop for just a moment and say this. Friend, if you are here today and you walked in not knowing what the point was, can I tell you you had an appointment with Jesus and you're here because of that. Jesus has set this up for you. Maybe today you're here and you're here just because this is what you got to do. This is what you have to do. And maybe the spouse woke you up 14 times to make sure that you're here. Or your parents woke you up and made sure you're here. And you had other plans. Jesus wants to interrupt those so he can reveal purpose to you and meaning and life. Friend, if you're here today and you have not turned your life over to Christ, I want you to know this. Christ will bring purpose. He will bring hope. He will bring a future. He is here to, to, to meet with you and to help you understand and to reveal to you that your purpose is unique and special. And God's got something planned for your life. God has something for you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me for just a moment? Friend, if I'm talking to you, if this applies to you, and you'd say, Pastor Chad, I have an appointment with God today. I have an interruption with God today. If that's you and you say, I want to ask Jesus to be the leader of my life, with heads down and eyes closed, I want to pray with you, but I just need to know who you are. If you're saying, Pastor Chad, I want to ask Jesus to be the leader of my life, would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you? Thank you. I see your hand in the back on the side. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. If you have your hand up, thank you. I see your hand. I Thank you. If you have your hand up, I've seen it. You can put it down. Anyone else? I don't want to miss anyone. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's really quite simple. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you've raised your hand, I'm just going to ask that you, you pray it with me. Repeat after me, not because of anything special, but because if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It's really that simple. So I'm, I'm just going to lead you. Would you pray? Would all of you pray with me today? Dear Jesus, I thank you for loving me so much that you've interrupted my day, that you've set up this appointment. I understand. I realize today that I need you in my life. 
I ask you, Jesus, to be my leader, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Please forgive me of my sin, of my disobedience. I choose today to follow you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from, regardless of whether you raised your hand or not, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart today, heaven has stopped and thrown a party for you. Look it up. It's in Luke chapter 15. Trust me, it's there. But heaven has stopped because you have made a decision today. A decision that is not the end point. It is just the beginning. And if you've made that commitment, that choice today, then I encourage you, be back here every week. Come on Wednesday nights to our adult growth groups. It's an opportunity to deepen, to grow in your faith, to grow in your relationship with God. The second group of people that I need to challenge this morning is those of us who have, have been Christians for a while. And we, I hate to say it, but some of us Christians, myself included, think, get to a point at times where we think we've got it all figured out. We become pretty self-confident in what we have done and what we do. And, you know, we, you know I, I come to church and I read my Bible and I, you know, I give in the offering. I, you know, I got all the check marks going. But there's become times where there have become situations or events, pains even, that have caused us to become numb to the Holy Spirit speaking. And as a Christian, as a Christ follower, it is vitally important that we pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. And that we allow appointments and interruptions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You could be walking through the grocery store. You could be walking through Walmart. You could be walking through the hallway of your workplace. And God speaks and says something to you vitally important. Will you allow God in that moment to change and affect your direction? Will you allow the Holy Spirit, will you be available to what the Holy Spirit is trying to direct you? That is the challenge that we face. It is not something that can come easy for some of us. Because some of us are planners and some of us are go with the flow. You see, God wants to speak into our lives and challenge us and encourage us. Not only for our sake, but because of the people around us. We have the opportunity to speak into somebody's life and help bring a destiny that God has written for them. My challenge to those of you that, this, that I may be speaking to, my challenge is this. Would you this week make it a point to ask God for those appointments and to help you be ready for those interruptions? That's my challenge. Would you join me as we pray in closing? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for us. I ask you, Lord, God, you've, you've shown your love for us in amazing ways. You've pursued after us. You've, you've chased us down, and in many cases, 
it's, it's taken some of us a little while longer to realize your love for us. We've become stubborn. God, forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, where, not, where, where I have become stubborn. God, I ask that this week that you help us as, a, as an individual, as a couple, as a family, as a church family. Would you help us, Lord, to hear your voice? Not just to hear it, but also to make an action, to make a, a change of pace so that we can respond to what you are asking of us, what you are challenging us, what you are encouraging us in. Jesus, would you walk with us through this week? And Holy Spirit, would you give us the strength to choose what is right, to choose to obey? We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you have great plans for us, plans with a hope and a future. We love you, God. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, public school teachers, if you would, wouldn't mind meeting me in the back classroom, we're just going to meet for like five minutes. Love you guys. Have a great week.